0: Are you really connecting with a particular Book Interrupted member and want to hear more of what they have to say? With your free trial to Unpublished, you gain access to the Book Interrupted Inklings and real-life video content of our day-to-day challenges, thoughts, and opinions. Go to www.bookinterrupted.com backslash unpublished to start your free trial today.
1: Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted.
2: It's someone's idea of utopia.
3: (laughs) It is. I like that there's 11-year-olds bathing them so they can have a little glimpse of nudity. The tears are from the deep weeping of beautifulness. Oh. First thing I do. Never. You
4: gluttons. You gluttons. So excited when there's a knock at my door and it's one of my kid's friends just actually like old school.
1: First, they came for the books. Then they came for the teachers. Oh. Then it came for the people. No one said anything about reading on this banning <laughs> books committee.
0: My body, and soul. information is the goal. Trying to learn something new. Without being disrupted. My body, and soul. The information is the goal. Trying to learn something new. Without being disrupted. Mind, body, Mind, body, and soul. Ah, Inspiration is with ah, And we're going to talk it ah, out on Book Interrupted.
1: Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. During this band book cycle, we're reading The Giver by Lois Lowry. If you'd like to join along, This book cycle is from August 1st to October 1st.
0: The Giver is a 1993 American young adult dystopian novel written by Lois Lowry, set in a society which at first appears to be utopian, but is revealed to be dystopian as the story progresses. The Giver won the 1994 Newbery Medal and has sold more than 12 million copies worldwide. A 2012 survey by School Library Journal designated it as the fourth best children's novel of all time. It has been the subject of a large body of scholarly analysis with academics, considering themes of memory, religion, color, and eugenics. In the novel, the society has taken away pain and strife by converting to sameness, a plan that has also eradicated emotional depth from their lives. The protagonist of the story is Jonas, and when he turns 12, he is singled out to receive special training from the giver. The giver alone holds memories of the true pain and pleasure of life. Jonas struggles with concepts of the new emotions and things introduced to him and whether they are inherently good, evil, or in between, and whether it is possible to have one without the other. In Australia, Canada, and the United States, the giver is required on many core curriculum reading lists in middle school, but it is also frequently challenged. Banned for violence, sexual references, infanticide, euthanasia, and suicide. The Giver has met with enough opposition to put it on the American Library Association's most frequently challenged and banned books list for the years 1990 to 2009.
1: All right, so it's personal journal time. Let's see what the members of Book Interrupted thought outside the group.
2: This is my first personal journal for the book, The Giver, by Lois Lowry. So this is a fiction book, and it's often part of, you know, school curriculum. It's a dystopian future where at first you think, oh, this does seem a little bit like utopia. I guess dystopian futures usually fall into two categories. Either you know it's dystopia right away, or at first you think it might be utopia. And in the end, you just realize it's somebody's idea of utopia that really just wants to control things, to be a certain way and to eliminate anything that might bring discomfort. And I think that's kind of what's happening here. Actually, I guess I know it because I have read the book. I hadn't planned on reading the whole thing before making this personal journal, but it just kind of happened that way. I guess that's the nice thing about this book is that it's not that long. It's a quick and easy read. I can see why it was banned, but it is an interesting commentary on control and the idea that, yes, if you get rid of all the people that in authority you might find disruptive, then you do have some idea, some sense of peace, but it also raises the question... If you take away suffering, is what's left really happiness? Can you feel all the great feelings that exist in life? If you get rid of all the what we consider the bad feelings, any kind of anger and sadness and frustration and suffering, can you really appreciate what the good things are? And would you be willing to give elation up in order to not feel suffering? So somebody's idea of utopia might be where everything is very predictable and nothing really changes. I guess that's also the idea of dystopia to many people. Maybe that's not the point of the book, but that's where, why these books are very compelling to people, is that predictability is nice in life sometimes because change is uncomfortable. Surprises can be uncomfortable. But are you really living if you get rid of all of the randomness out of life? You might be technically alive but would you be living your life that's a question i think like any dystopian novel it will spark some interesting conversations and i look forward to hearing what the rest of the group thinks about the rest of the book i don't want to put any spoilers in because i finished the book so i'm going to end it right there
3: hello hello it has been a while since i have done a personal journal entry my gosh I didn't realize it was gonna slip out of practice so quickly and easily, my goodness gracious. So here I am back again for The Giver on uh, season three of Book Interrupted. I was so proud of myself. Being like, oh, I'm going to get this in on a day where, you know, like I have to do with my hair and makeup and put a little effort into what I wear because I split my time between working from home and going into the office. So I saved this precious recording for office day only to realize I've forgotten all my equipment at home. (laughs) <laughs> i was like oh man this is classic era so i'm gonna try to hold this frame still as much as i can for the viewing audience i don't have my trusted tripod uh, just getting in a good arm workout instead anyways jumping right into the giver i am embarrassed to report i haven't even started the book well no i do have the book and i have read the front and back cover folks Oh, yes. But instead, what have I done with my time? I have watched the movie. Uh, So I mentioned this in the group uh, intro. I can't recall a time that I have ever read the book first and then watched the movie. I always do it in the reverse order. And I like the movie. was great. The main character, Jonah, he is played by, if anyone has checked out on Netflix, the show Titans. He plays the character Robin there. And so he showed up for The Giver along with the incredible Glenn Close and Katie Holmes. I liked it a lot, but didn't realize. (laughs) Why did I not realize this? Every movie, every movie does this. That the Director has taken some liberties and deviated from the text is what I found out a couple days ago when we had the group intro. And I was like, what? The main character? (laughs) Isn't like a 16, 17, 18 18 year old? I was like, that's weird. How does the love story play out? (laughs) I think though, I don't think that there is going to be a love story in the written version. So, there you go. I highly recommend the movie. It still conveys a really valuable lesson. If anyone enjoys a good cry over a movie, I would recommend this one because it's one of those cries that you're not left feeling like empty or too down in the dumps. It's one of those, you know, like beauty cries You know, like when things are just so precious and beautiful, does this ever happen to you? It does happen to me, but I am a crier, so (laughs) it doesn't take much. So yeah, I would definitely recommend it, not just for the cathartic cleanse at the end, uh, but because the message is important. I have heard, though, that not all of the people in my tribe enjoy this movie. I was devastated, and I need to have words with them. Other than that, the only other thing that I would really, really like to share, and it is because I am a curious cat and I like learning about things, is I'm coming up against one of my beliefs and I'm finding it challenging to see another perspective. So what am I talking about? I would love for any of our audience members, parents, guardians, or caregivers that do do a lot of censoring, I would love to hear some feedback. So my parenting style is I am a very permissive parent. This isn't a good thing or a bad thing, it just is a thing. So not a lot of assertive moments coming out of this lady when it comes to parenting. I am a curious person. I really, really promote that and emphasize that with my own children. I also have gone ahead and made some decisions on their behalf. Growing up, I was always very, very rebellious and I didn't always have the best relationship with my parents. And if they would tell me not to do something, you better believe the moment they said not to do something, I was going to do it. I have taken, like I said, uh, much more of a permissive style with my own parenting. Because I just kind of thought, well, genetically, my kiddos have come from me. And if they have any amount of rebelliousness in them, me saying, no, 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 is just going to encourage them to run into that direction. But I do think that it's important that we buffer our youth. And Try to be mindful of where they are in terms of emotional maturity, um, mental development, physical development. They aren't ready for an adult world. So I tend to, if I allow my children to do something, I invite and encourage talking about it afterwards. Because not everything they are going to understand. When it comes to banned books many parents and caregivers and guardians step in and advocate on behalf of youth saying you know what i just don't think you're ready for this or you know why you might not take this message as intended or you know what? let's visit this a bit down the line and i really do respect that i respect the high discernment the care and love and protection and nurturing that you're wanting to provide for the youth I just struggle to understand it because it's not a part of me and i think that there could be something to be learned perhaps i should be integrating a bit more censoring so on the theme of banned books and having read all the reasons why the giver has been banned in a number of states i would love to solicit some feedback and find out for parents who take a similar approach what was the driving motivation Why did you choose that censoring a book is the best approach, and why didn't you want to explore other avenues? I hope that this doesn't come across as too overly offensive. I am certainly not casting any judgment. In fact, I would probably say I'm judging myself a lot more harshly for being such a permissive parent. So yeah, I would love to hear from you guys, uh, because I don't know that necessarily the way that I'm doing it is the best way with my kiddos. So thank you so much in advance for everyone that wants to share some rationale and reasoning behind their uh, censoring decisions. Take care.
1: Okay, so this is my personal journal for The Giver. I am really enjoying it. I'm about halfway done it already. It's a super fast read and they slowly reveal the dystopia world that they live in, but they make it really interesting and it's done in the perspective of a 12-year-old boy, 11, 12-year-old boy. It's interesting because at first you think, oh, it seems nice. The world, they don't seem to like they have any stress. And then they slowly reveal little things. The reason everyone follows the rules is because, you know, four or three year olds get like hit if they use the wrong language. And later on, they revealed that elderly people also get hit, that no one can not follow the rules and I'm at the part where you meet the giver. So I've already met the giver. I understand what he's receiving, that kind of thing. And it has, spoiler, has revealed to me that they don't see color, which I already kind of knew because when I was looking for images for this book cycle, I came across pictures of a play of the giver and everything was in gray except for the little boy. So then you start thinking about a world of sameness. That's what The Giver calls it. Sameness. Like there's no hills and there's no weather and there's no sunshine and you know everyone gets one boy and one girl and everything's very standardized. So I think that's kind of interesting and terrifying at the same time. (laughs) Often these dystopian novels have The uh, Handmaid's Tale. I'm also reading Fahrenheit 451 and now this book, The Giver, they don't have books. One of the things in these dystopian worlds is no books. That a world without books implies a world without freedom. And I guess you you see that also in history, that they got rid of literature, that form of art. Well, art altogether goes first, doesn't it? When you're trying to control a population and standardize them. so. Anyway, this book, I think, is going to be really interesting. I'm looking forward to discussing it with the other members of the group and see what they have to say about it. I'm sure I'm going to be done it so quickly. Definitely don't need the amount of time to read it because it's so fast. And it's a short book. It was written for children or young adults. It's not an adult book. That might be another reason why it's super, super fast. All right. Bye for now.
0: I am... Redoing my PJ1 for The Giver by, let's see if I can remember. I'm going to guess it is Lois Lowry. I have the book right behind me, so let's have a look. Oh, yeah. Memory problems? Who says Lois Lowry? Bam. I really didn't know that. I just pulled that right out of the subconscious. I am impressed. Anyway, so I did a personal journal for this already and I read the first line of the book which I might do again but then I got really silly it was almost December and Jonas was beginning to be frightened no wrong word Jonas thought frightened meant that deep sickening feeling of something terrible about to happen it goes on for a paragraph about I guess what he thinks frightened mean but I said I was only going to read the first sentence and I already read two so I'm not being very honest right now am I so I uh decided I was going to Then fill in the story, like with a guess of what this story was going to be about. And then I made up some stupid story, which I don't think is funny or really that creative. So I'm redoing my personal journal. But I am going to say what I think The Giver is about. But I already kind of know what The Giver is about, but not really. So this is probably an exercise in the same thing I was trying to do before, but more authentic. From what I understand, I think that people's feelings have been removed I guess I really don't know what I'm talking about but I think it's something to do with in the interest of saving anyone from feeling any pain they've somehow figured out how to dull or erase all emotions but there I guess is a person who keeps them somehow and then I think that that person is passing them on to Jonas and I think that's what the story is about is him like learning about feelings and I think the moral of the story is going to be that you can't have the good without the bad. Like there's no joy without despair, I guess. Is that the opposite of joy? I don't know. So that's probably what this book is about. Like that's a fairly standard kind of message. That's a good one. I can get behind it. I hope it's delivered in a story that I enjoy. That's all I can say. Once again, I remembered the name of that author and I never do that. So good for me. One more thing. I want to predict if I'm going to like it or not because I did that with The Handmaid's Tale and I was wrong. I thought I was going to like that book and I didn't. I was even enjoying it while I was reading it until I realized that it was a big, long, drawn out trick. Anyway, enough about that book. We are on to this book. I don't think I'm going to like it. That's my risky prediction right now. I obviously hope that I'm wrong. And this book, Well, The Handmaid's Tale won a bunch of things too. One, what does this say? For the most distinguished contribution to American literature for children. Well, that's pretty impressive. And the New York Times says that it's a powerful and provocative novel. So we'll see if those are the kind of things I like in my, be- in my beaks. <laughs> I mean, in my books. So there you have it, folks. Prediction, not sure I'm going to like this one. Stay tuned and find out if I do.
5: This is Ashley. I read this book back in middle school And my middle school teacher actually read it to all of us. And I remember struggling with the concept of how dystopian this world was. And I really didn't understand it. So I had a hard time, I don't know, maybe relating to the book back then. I really didn't like it. I didn't remember too much about it before I started because it was so long ago. But I wasn't that excited to start this one, just to be honest. And I picked up the book from the library I'm reading it pretty quickly, and it feels like a quick read. It's a shorter book, which I appreciate, and I think that's good for schools or even other book clubs. I think it's a really great length of a book, but I don't know how much conversation will come out of it, and maybe once we record the podcast, that'll totally be something that I don't have to worry about, but for me, it's a good start. I do like the pacing of it. But I'm just going into it with already a negative bias, so I feel like it's going to be a little hard for me to get super into it, but I am waiting for the audiobook on my library app to be available, and I'm hoping to finish it as an audiobook. So to start with, not my favorite, but I'm reading it pretty quickly, so I'll take that, and I hope the rest of the group is enjoying it as well. Hello, Book
4: Interrupted fans. I'm back. It's Virginia. I joined Book Interrupted for Midnight Library, the cycle of Midnight Library, and I am thrilled to be back to be a part of the banned book series that's going on. I think it is a Fantastic and really interesting concept that Book Interrupted has put together for this year. So I was very excited to be a part of it. So the book that I chosen to be a part of is called The Giver. And I chose it because I wanted to pick a book that I hadn't read or seen a movie. I wanted something brand new to read and to dig into a little bit. And so I picked The Giver, to be totally honest, because of the timing of this recording. So for the timing worked well in my life with work and and the family. So I picked The Giver and I was very intrigued by reading a little review online about it, how it's about life in a community where it seems to be idyllic. And there's one outlier, Jonas, who seems to push against some of the rules and what's happening in the community. And so I thought that would be really interesting and something that would create a lot of great conversations. So I am... looking forward to once again being a part of all these wonderful women and sharing all of this discussion with all of you that are tuning in for this so
1: stay tuned book interrupted this interruption is brought to you by christine scarbeck's debut novel confronting power and chaos the uncharted kaleidoscope of my life from her daughter's devastating mental illness to a tumultuous irish interlude to the obtruse countries she tries to love. Christine needs her unconventional and canny predecessor's moxie to battle the challenges she must face. Shaking life until its teeth rattle, she relishes every lesson she's learned and hopes you do too. Available at bookstores near you. Find the link on www.bookinterrupted.com shop.
3: This interruption is brought to you by my poor time management and organizational skills. Oh man, sometimes I get so frustrated with myself. I seem to operate solely on present time or future time. Future time is really vague and open-ended and undefined. I seem to be under the impression that I can accomplish most things in just five minutes. (laughs) And this leads to so many last minute like, ah, brought on completely just by myself, you know, totally unavoidable. I mean, totally avoidable. (laughs) I wish it was unavoidable. Well, it is unavoidable. I just seem to bring it back in a lot. So I'm scrambling to try and to get ready for a group recording which will be lots of fun discussing the book The Giver. However I cannot find well I just found my microphone which is lovely and I can't find all the other little tech bits and I've just come to realize that I think I left half of them at the office and the other half are here at home but I've just done a giant purge clean of the house And don't quite recall where I left all the little pieces. So this will be fun. I am scrambling to find all the pieces and have barely any time because I didn't plan this out well. But you know, it will all come together. Or not. (laughs) There's things I can choose to get stressed out about and things that I can just choose to laugh off. So there's my interruption. Choosing to laugh through it all.
1: Book interrupted. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. All
3: right. All right. Here we are back again with Book Interrupted, looking at some more banned books. And we are diving into The Giver by Lois Lowry.
0: I'm whispering so that the public can't hear, but Kara can. Good job,
3: Kara. <laughs> Thank you. <Not> <laughs> there is no quota with me when it comes to like positive praise. So thank you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right.
2: um, I didn't realize this book was gonna be such a quick read. I like, oh I'm gonna get started this book so that I can get halfway through before we meet. And then I just read the whole thing.
0: How many chapters is it? Oh. I'd like to gauge if I'm actually halfway yeah, and in. how many pages.
2: Well this copy I have here is like. 225 pages. Mm-hmm. but it's, you know there's spaced oh yeah you know? it's not like dense. 23
0: chapters 23 yeah good lord when i'm only that? on chapter four well i'm on well, chapter they're not five. long we're done chapter four yeah i was reading it with fred
2: oh yeah what?
0: yeah so yes. we gotta coordinate our schedules
3: and he's he's a busy busy guy <laughs> that's
2: nice is he enjoying it
3: is no i'm forcing him <laughs>
2: but
0: he's he's good. enjoying it once he's forced Right. Once oh, so I get him to lie down and listen, then when we get to the end of a chapter, he's like, "Can we read another chapter?"
3: Oh, nice. No. Oh, yes. that's, that's nice. So good. And I,
0: I don't know if this is true. When people are released, we're thinking they're killed, or at least maybe they I die.
3: Don't know we don't. Either. Yeah, we don't know yet. This is the story I'm also telling myself. <laughs> so I'm anyway. thinking
1: death. Yeah, I don't know either, because yeah. I'm only halfway through. And Virginia, where are you? Yeah. Did you you finish the whole thing?
4: No, no, not quite. I'm pretty close, though, like three quarters. Had anyone read this before? Like, I know obviously Hunger Games. No, I
0: haven't read the it podcast. But if you had, no.
2: I'd never heard of it either. I think it's fairly famous. Actually. Yeah, totally yeah.
3: thought that I at least one of us would have. I think it's an assignment in, in school. school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I've never. I had never heard of it. I didn't even hear of the movie. And it's got like Katie Holmes. Who else does it have? Glenn Close. And I was like, how did I not hear of this movie? So I watched the movie. And, and classic Kara style, I watched the movie before reading the,
2: the book. Part. No, we just had this discussion on The Hunger Games. Okay. In some it. cases, it might be better to watch the movie before the book because people are always like, the book's better. So why wouldn't you watch the movie and enjoy it? This is what and I, I do. read the book and enjoy it.
3: Because <laughs> every person... Says the book is ruined once they go and watch the movie because they've already constructed this idea based on the book. And everyone, I haven't met a single person yet who is like, "Yes, I prefer the movie." So I just do it in reverse. I think
0: Sarah prefers Under the Tuscan Sun movie better than the book. And Chocolat. Oh, okay. And mistaken.
3: Chocolat. And Chocolat. Isn't Chocolat the best movie? And not the best book, and apparently.
1: And okay. Julie and Julia that too. Really? Yes. I don't
4: know that one. That's a Julia Child's one, right?
1: It is. Yeah. The movie's great, but the movie took a memoir from Julia Child and the Julia and Julia book and blended them together. So you had more information about Julia Child than the woman who wrote that blog that was going through her cookbook. So it wasn't as good. Hmm.
0: Well, Well, it's like based on two books.
1: It's actually based yeah, on two books. But you wouldn't know because it's the same name, right? Mm-hmm. But it's actually based on two mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't
0: say that movies ruin the book for me. I just say that movies don't-
2: Live up to. Yeah, yeah.
0: They don't, like, uh, the book is still
3: good. Yeah, that's a better way to put it.
2: But then books can ruin the movie for you because you have this idea. You're like, it's that's fair. Not their, character. their character wouldn't do chicken that. Chicken and egg. What well, is winning? Yes. what? For
3: example- <laughs> Yeah, Totally. Chicken or egg? In the movie version, the main character is like a teenager. Are we and we the, the giver? I, yeah, in the giver. No, yeah. okay. But in the book, apparently he's like an 11-year-old boy he's t- or 12.
1: He's 12,
3: yeah. Yeah.
4: 12, turning 12.
0: Ceremony mm. of 12. Yeah. yeah. Now, is it a teenage boy playing a 12-year-old? Or is it like known in the movie that this is a 16-year-old character?
3: Well, actually, I don't recall that they ever explicitly say the age of the youth that are going through the initiation to be assigned their roles or whatever, but they all clearly look between 16 and 18. Which
0: makes more sense to me because it's technically your job, which aligns with our society right finish high school and you go and become an adult work on that
3: vocation yeah
2: uh, (laughs) it could mean that they get all like the basic education like in elementary school and then go to like high school but they start specializing too that could be the story
3: Mm, yes when they go to these roles in the movie that would make sense meredith because they aren't fully activated as workers. It's a whole mentor apprenticeship training ground, but in their specialized field.
2: Yeah. They're still going to school during the day and training in the act
0: Yeah. I just want to share that I'm afraid that I'm going to get spoiled. Not You're, in the good I think way. you
2: are. I, I don't want you, want you to spoil
0: me. Don't spoil me. Oh, okay.
2: I'm going to try
1: to not talk about the last part. She's only chapter four. I
0: book. can't do anything after that old folks home conversation. That's it. No. You
1: don't even know the assignment. Oh,
3: you don't. I don't know nothing. Oh. Guys, I got to be silent for this.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's okay if we talk about the first step, but you'll still want to get to the end.
3: This is the thing. Don't worry. This, we'll this is talk the
2: ahead.
0: moment in time where it's maybe about the journey. Maybe it's the journey and the destination on my first read through. So I'm mm. very scared that part of that's going to get
2: the
3: somehow ruined. Got it.
2: I won't tell you the destination.
3: What did I say? The journey of the what? Destination.
2: Destination.
1: Destination. Oh, I said destination. I'd say
3: it is about both, at least from the movie perspective, those were the hooks. It was simultaneously the journey. I want to see the decision-making processes.
5: Yeah,
2: like what is this going on? Yeah.
3: Yeah, and uh, very invested in the end result.
2: Because it slowly reveals what the community is like. Right? Because you know that there's something up.
3: Yes, that's it. It's like a slow peeling back.
2: You know, there's something up with this community, right?
3: Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, because yes, they're not allowed
1: having airplanes different. go over them, right? You already have that, Kim. Why is there mm-hmm. an airplane over us? Like, that's danger. Everyone's scared. That's not normal. Everything is consistent controlled. and controlled.
3: It's all about equilibrium, balance.
1: And there's rules. And that's not one of the rules. Someone broke a rule, which is terrifying. And then it's like, oh, someone just made a mistake and now they're being released. Totally. Like, you
0: know? And it's weird, passive aggressive. We don't take extra food and don't eat it,
3: Jonas. But they don't say yeah. that. You know what that's I mean? exactly like, what it is. And you're just like, um, my spidey sense is acting up, but I can't quite pin what's going on.
2: Yeah. yeah I'll yeah. be back. I have to take this dog outside. It's a whole There's thing me- taking Ooh, off. Her,
0: I'll like, take the suits. moment as well, Meredith, because I have to let mine in.
3: <laughs> and there will be consequences <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <Kara.
1: laughs> now that Kim's not here <laughs> just kidding. oh my god uh
3: Kara how far are you oh I watched the whole movie in one sitting and had the best ugly cry at the end you know the ones that are so cathartic mm. but they're not heavy in sadness the tears are from a deep weeping of beautifulness oh it I haven't finished it good. yet good Really? You know when you just need one of those cries that you just need everything out of you? But Mm -hmm. it was so nice because I wasn't left with a hangover of, I'm so sad. It was like a hangover of, Mm -hmm. yeah, life is pretty spectacular.
1: Okay. Kim can hear that part. That's okay. I don't know that ending either. So that's
3: okay. (laughs) Is that from this
1: book? Yeah. She said she cried at the end of the movie. So I'll get ready for that. It's funny because Leah saw
4: the movie and she said it wasn't very good.
3: Oh, really? I thought I remembered her saying that. I'm going to have to ask her why, because she's high discerning. Like, she'll pick up on details that would Mm -hmm. otherwise go by and don't interrupt my investment in a storyline, because I'm not noticing all the The particulars Mm -hmm. that might not be in alignment with the overall theme or message. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
1: You know what that reminds me of, Kara. When The Matrix first came out, I was obsessed with it and I had the movie and we'd watch it all the time. It was the third time we watched it together. I had watched it obviously more, but it was the third time Kara watched it with me. And <laughs> Obviously, I was like, the one that
0: watched it the most.
1: <laughs> I watched it a million <laughs> times. I loved it. And the third time we watched it together, Kara looks over at me and she's like, okay, I don't get it. I don't understand what's happening. I was like, what do you mean? What don't you get? She's like, I don't get any of it. Like, I don't know what's happening. I was like, you understand the Matrix is a computer program, and she's like, "What? No. no!" And I had to like go through and describe the movie because it's all those little details. Mm-hmm. It's all the little super, details. Super, super attention. And I true. didn't realize
3: it was an actual computer program. I wanted to start to understand how did this world come to be. I needed to get down to the initial moment. And you're like, "No, no, it's a computer program. It's not the entire what? world." <laughs>
1: She's like, why are they going from one world to the next? Like, how did they get to this world? And I was like, it's a computer program. She's like, oh, no, I didn't get that. No. So I was like, well, that's, I didn't know I that till right now. The uni-
3: I just thought it was the universe. Same, same. And you can perceive oh, really? it in yeah. different ways. Totally.
1: It's a computer program you're plugging your brain into. Still stupid.
4: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wondered, I feel like where I'm at with The Giver I keep questioning if that's what's going to be happening here. Like, have you guys got to the part where things are kind of shape shifting a little bit with Jonas? Yeah, like the, the apple? apple. Yeah, yeah. And so sometimes, but something's with the giver. I'm like, I'm wondering like if it's glitch. almost,
1: yeah, or like a, a glitch in the matrix. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like something I never like thought that. of that. So I haven't got. To well, the so, end yet,
0: so what I'm wondering too is, it hasn't said anything about it until this apple moment, and then it's yeah. like, wait mm-hmm. a minute, is this world black and white? so
4: or can they not perceive color
0: but that's what i'm saying like yeah. is, whatever's happening with jonas is obviously like look at you're special you can see this apple being yeah. what it really is or whatever he's the keanu is their whole world black and white then my book is illustrated is your guys oh, really no. Oh. No. yeah look at. i'll show you so here's the big that's hint
3: cool. I didn't even know that there was an illustrated I actually copy have a available. picture
0: informing my suspicions. Oh, I wasn't really? sure if it was just the That's artist's it. interpretation, though. And then I was like, wait a minute. But I also think when we were making our marketing for this, that there was some discussion about the lack of color. So yeah, I might have already had a spoiler alert there. Here, see, like there's a picture of them with the apple. Oh, with the apple.
3: Right. Then the illustrations are helping to support the reader's Gradual Suspicious. understanding is the yeah, author's view of it, right? and like, look, yes. here's
0: the bikes. Yep. I'd go, nobody can ride your bike or whatever, and then everyone mm-hmm. put their bikes down or whatever, but it's black and white. You don't even think about mm-hmm. that until the glitchy apple shows up, and you're like, wait mm-hmm. a minute. And then you go
2: back and look at all
0: the previous
3: pictures, you're like, no, black and white, black and white, black and white.
0: Yeah, <laughs> do you
2: look at the pictures later on, or are you saving it?
0: No, yeah, I would never.
2: Oh, really? Never? I totally would. Oh, I would so. Oh, I would have done it immediately. <laughs> now
0: with all the people who have finished reading it, it's like, don't show me the pictures that are coming. My favorite part of reading biographies or memoirs is that giant chunk in the middle that is all of their pictures. Mm. I oh, never I love look at that. that until I get there. <gasps>
2: I would look at that before I buy the book. (laughs) I start with that. Totally, me too. I look at that first.
4: Can't help myself.
3: The first First thing. thing. First thing I do. Never,
4: gluttons.
0: You gluttons. You low self-discipline.
4: Oh no, it gets me. It
3: primes me to get in to the book. It drives me
0: through. I'm moving toward that section, and then it's all downhill after that section.
1: I would never read the end of the book first. My mom always does that. What? She reads the first. I don't know, 50 pages, and then goes to the back, reads it, and then continues reading. She does it all the time, and I'm like, sacrilege! (laughs) It's against the rules! But for a biography or a memoir, if they have that in the middle, it's the first place I go. Oh yeah. I just want to see it, and then I read it to get to those pictures. Isn't
3: that why it's there?
1: Wow, (laughs) you have a lot of discipline. I would have already gone through. I'm like, oh, I think they might be in black and white.
4: I oh, no, good. I have the
1: whole story. I don't have to read
0: it at all. Mm-hmm. It has some version of a programming, right? Like I have to earn it.
4: You know, there's a couple kids that look different. They've got like the green eyes. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're going to perceive things differently or the color.
1: Right. Yeah. There's only a few, right? That yeah. baby.
4: Yeah. Baby like, because it's Jonas. It
1: and Jonas.
4: Yeah. So what if they all have this, that capability?
0: And it's interesting I mean, too. Like, how'd they get through? Why were they released? You know, if everyone's brown eyed or whatever the standard is. Mm
2: -hmm. What do you think about all of the elderly people just living together in a different place? It's like you're elderly and now you go over there.
0: (laughs) I like that there's 11 year olds bathing them so they can have a little (laughs) glimpse of nudity. Like that's not the
3: nudity you want to see, friends. (laughs) The movie does not include this detail. Oh, no, they don't. (laughs) Yeah, It's a big part, the old age home. Oh, my gosh. The elderly are bathed by
2: 11-year-olds? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the 11-year-olds are doing wasn't... their volunteer work. They get to do volunteer work at different things to see where you're going to be placed, maybe, or whatever, to see what you like. Yeah. You're giving back. Mm-hmm. Part of your education is to volunteer. And so one of the things is you volunteer at the house of the old. Is that what they call it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. I was like, did I just make that up? No, that's not no, like no. It. It. So they're taking care of them doing various things. And one of them is bathing them because somebody's got to bathe them.
3: Oh, no. If things are handled in a very different manner in the book.
2: But it's not done in a weird, perverse way. way.
3: Yeah. Not at book.
0: all perverted.
3: No. If
2: you put something like that in the movie, for sure, there's some people being yeah. like, you can't watch this movie because of
0: absolutely the nudity
2: yeah. of us yeah. being upset about yeah
0: your it's really caring and kids taking care nudity. of your yeah. elders and blah blah blah
3: yeah there's nothing offensive about that oh part. so nice ideologies around responsibility that our western industrialized settler model doesn't observe <laughs> yeah i love that you're okay. totally in school right now so it might be a bit disruptive <laughs> Totally
0: maybe sorry. that's why it was banned. <laughs> that's good. Well, it makes me wonder. Oh, we forgot to do that. Oh, yeah. Was it maybe it was banned for the bathing of the elderly? <laughs> I
3: looked it up.
4: Because I was really curious, curious. For you. why it was banned
3: and where it was banned.
4: Thank you,
1: Virginia.
3: Kim, you. don't look up the band because it might give you enough clues. No,
1: no, 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 no. That would
3: be a spoiler.
1: No, no. Virginia, tell us the ban.
4: <laughs> yeah. So the ban is for infanticide. Mm -hmm. And releasing the babies. Yeah. Yeah. Euthanasia and suicide. So that I haven't mm -hmm. got to.
2: Violence and sexual references. Yeah. Yeah. That was
4: the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I looked up where it's also banned, right? Because it would give you an idea of maybe which particular states bans it. But it is, it's quite widely banned across the whole US. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Texas, of course, but also like Missouri. Yeah. Yeah, There's lots of states that bans it. If I had to hypothesize why, I would think maybe it's just the age of the kids are reading it in school. So Mm -hmm. it said that it was not appropriate for kids under 15. I think that's a bit of a stretch because there's some interesting concepts, I think, in there for early teens about community and control and sameness. That would be an interesting conversation to have with kids for some critical thought. But that's why I was saying that it was banned is because the age of the Kids that it was originally being
3: given to—that makes Hmm. a lot more sense. I'm reading it with my nine-year-old. I think it's important because he's going to be coming up on. I also read *Part-Time Indian*
0: with my nine-year-old.
3: Oh, I'm
0: reading it. How was that? It was excellent. He loved it. He really he wanted to read it.
4: Was it tough for the nine-year-old to understand concepts? And you know, was it appropriate for? I think it was was, good. The only thing that was awkward
0: was the kid like was very open about it. He's like, I masturbate all the time. I'm a masturbating maniac. (laughs) I love it or whatever. Like, but he just had such a great sense of humor too. That was one of the Uh best ways I think to introduce any topics that he's not yet aware of that, that he'll soon be getting to. Did you welcome it as a springboard into that conversation? Oh yeah. Like I don't have any issues with, I firmly believe that if we can set the stage Now that nothing's off the table, we can talk about whatever is an investment, at least into in the future when there's legit, real big problems, there will Mm -hmm. be a sense of safety that you can come and talk about it because it's always been that way.
4: Mm -hmm. So, do you change your language based on the age then, or do you just non filter just out with all of it?
0: Well, like the book, we didn't change the language in the book, we were reading it together. Also, there was swearing in the book. Mm -hmm. I speak in an age appropriate way. Like I try to make it, obviously, something that Fred can understand, you know, I'm not getting into like a giant political debate or something, you know what I mean, to try to tell him something, but
3: yeah. yeah. Nice.
4: Yeah. Uh, Kara, I wanted your opinion on something too. So you know what I thought was interesting based on sort of your last comment too, you know how the families have a family discussion every evening and then in the morning they talk about their dreams. So from your perspective in the land of therapy, what do you think about that? I think that's a, a good way, not force conversation, but to really encourage kids and all family members to talk about their days, talk about their feelings. There was a whole lot about the book that obviously I didn't agree with 99.9% of it, but do you think that would be something that you would pull out
3: to insert into today's oh, for sure. family
4: dynamic?
3: Dreams are so rich. They Mm -hmm. have so much. And there's no one right or wrong way to discuss, turn around, examine a dream. So I would probably say in general, I've overemphasized discussions in the realm of when there's no one right or wrong answer, because uncertainty is really, really challenging, even for adults. Mm -hmm. So I just see the more that we can encourage our children to enter into the unknown, which can be uncomfortable, and just get used to reflecting, building that muscle, thinking critically Mm -hmm. through things that are multidimensional, I believe will serve them well in life.
4: And to identify their feelings, I imagine, as well, would be important, right, for kids?
3: Absolutely. Well, everyone, actually. Dreams especially. It's just such an awesome place to go to because you can get so many nuggets from your kids. Mm -hmm. You can start to hear what meaning Are they starting Mm -hmm. to slap on to different things? And then that will give you an idea of the different storytelling that they're telling Mm -hmm. themselves. And also it's just a way to explore themes. But again, I think just like what Kim does, actually what all of you women I have come to hear you do is just using a maturity level to the best of your ability that is matching where your kids are at and not going on just in and out right? I don't think anyone really wants to be forced to partake in a discussion that's ongoing, just even rewarding that the kids can name one thing. We do this thing like the rose, what is your petal of the day? And what is your thorn? Because honestly, kids will dump out 800% of complaints, especially to their mothers. And that's okay, get it out of you. But could we also just in our discussion, what was one thing that was a thorn? And what's one thing that's a petal? And then you just move on. I like the way you frame that.
2: We do a high, low buffalo. Our friends introduced us to that.
3: Oh, tell so me. So,
2: what was your high? What was your low? And the buffalo is just anything else. It could be good, <laughs> it could be bad, it could be whatever, just something else that happened. And then that way, everybody gets an opportunity to share their day at the table. Sometimes yeah. it leads to other conversations. Mm-hmm. But.
3: That's awesome. I'm going to steal that.
4: I think masturbation <laughs> could be high and low.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know how the book slowly reveals itself so in that moment moment I was like oh that's kind of nice the kids feel it's important for them to share with their parents because that's one of the rules and I was like oh that's kind of nice so first when I was reading I'm like oh maybe this is a little bit utopia right like oh it kind of is good kids are sharing their feelings sharing their dreams their parents are also sharing it's part of the rules but then as we all know the book progresses, you realize, oh no, that's just I'm trying to figure out if there's something wrong with you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm only halfway through, but I don't know if it gets really worse <laughs> later on in the book or not. But I guess the point is every place, there's always good and bad. Nothing is like how we always talk, it's never only good and only bad. There's this middle ground. So maybe mm-hmm. that is a great thing that they do, but how they enforce it, mm-hmm. And how they got to the kids feeling that they were obligated and had to probably wasn't, right? So, because mm. that's like the first couple of chapters, I was like, maybe this is like an advanced society and they're riding bikes instead of taking cars. Right? But then as you read on, you're like, oh, mm, uh-oh,
2: I'm getting that weird bad <laughs> <Hello>. feeling. <laughs> It's someone's idea of Utopia.
3: (laughs) It is. And it'll be interesting to now read the book after seeing the movie because the director was able to do it in the movie as well. On the surface, this looks really great. These are really nice ideas, but there's something off that as a viewer, you're going, but I still... I don't feel good about this situation, you know, and it's kind of a great story to examine intention versus impact. Mm -hmm. To look at how people can have the intentions, but look at the impact, you know, it's just interesting. The
4: theory of it might be a good one on paper, Mm -hmm. but the actual execution in an actual community. Yeah. Like communism.
1: (laughs) right <laughs> like
4: communism kind of right? like communism exactly no. yes <laughs> yeah.
1: the author in the book said she was just writing another children's book right was- oh in the prelude right? right yeah and she just was writing it just like her other ones and wasn't thinking much of it and she said then when it went out she all of a sudden started getting massive amounts of mail
5: mm-hmm.
1: like she's like I got fan mail before but these are like people writing long letters about how this book made them feel and then I started getting hate mail being like you're a horrible person and well I think she wrote something like Jesus doesn't love you or <laughs> yeah yeah I'm just looking it up right the, now, like, I
4: remember that yeah
1: yeah a whole bunch of hate mail at the same time and she's like it's Interesting being a writer, I was just writing another kid's novel mm-hmm. and I had no idea the impact it would have and how much it's banned. And she's like, I'd get these notices from my publisher being like, you're being banned in all these places. The FBI also contacted her and told her not to go to a whole state because her life is in danger. And she was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've
4: got it here, Sarah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So she was saying her you know, sort of prelude introduction, she's saying that the book is now 20 years later. Mail she would get was, this book has changed my life. to so Jesus would be ashamed of you too. I noted in here, which I think is actually the image that I snapped and sent to you, just seems that it comes from wherever the reader's at too, right? Wherever they're in their lives reading this book, you know, perhaps they take that more negative or, or positive experience from it. It's interesting the strong emotions yeah, we- that have come out of this.
1: someone just exploring a topic yeah i think it's interesting it's fiction yeah it's fiction
4: chill out it's fiction
1: (laughs) yeah one thing we've noticed in this season that a lot of banned books Mm -hmm. they're banned because they're written for that age group that either children or young adult and those are the ones that are banned the most probably because schools are reading them and people don't want their kids reading whatever
3: yeah Yeah, that would make sense. It'd be interesting to look at, of all the banned books, is that generally why books become banned? I wonder if there are many just for adult books that make it on the banned list. Does the banning truly start to just really ramp up and come in because of the intended age of the readers?
2: I think probably yes, but I also think it's a little bit ironic. Part of it is When your kids are young, you have a huge amount of control over what they read. Mm -hmm. Then as they get older and they go to school and the school starts deciding what they're going to read, the parents, they lose their control, especially when it's books about Mm. control. (laughs) Don't teach those kids to stand up against control. (laughs) Right? Parents want to impart
0: their own
4: views onto their kids too right make sure that that stays there Mm -hmm. yeah I'd be interested
0: to see how Mm -hmm. the period in time influences when or how or what books are banned right like right now it's a bunch of crazy fucking people in Florida who aren't even reading them like never get them off the shelf let's ban everything you know in the 20s was their Mm -hmm. books banned or were people just like what and like when did it start what was the first book that was banned that would be interesting information i think
4: mm-hmm. do any of these books get banned in canada too
1: canada it's very rare to any books to be uh, banned in canada okay. i looked it up it's very very rare that we ban anything here mm-hmm. Yeah, because
0: it's like for me what's the word i'm looking for like a novelty Oh, this book's banned but here I, I purchased it from the local store it wasn't like i didn't have to get it from the black market or anything and read all of the banned books
5: right. so like
0: are they even really banned banned from where yeah oh. <laughs> you know like, will show about it. them
1: I was watching something on, I think it was Facebook Watch or something. So it was just a clip. There was a man who came in front of a committee that was banning books in the U.S. And he was talking about his grandmother who had survived the Holocaust. And he said she just really wouldn't talk about the Holocaust at all. And both him and his sister decided to become teachers. And when they were going through their teacher's college or whatever, then she eventually talked to them and she said to them, First, they came for the books, then they came for the teachers, then they came for the people. So be watchful if they start coming from books. They're coming for
2: you next. Be vigilant. Isn't that crazy?
1: Because how many bannings are happening right now in the U.S.? But there's something I quoted from Jodi Picoult, Mm -hmm. because she's been banned a lot for books. The quote was, there's absolutely nothing wrong with a parent deciding a certain book is not right for her child. There is a colossal problem with a parent deciding that, therefore, no child should be allowed to read that book. Yeah, I like that. People can decide what they want their kids to read. I read on on the article, and her article was saying what's happening is the Committee for Banning only has a certain amount of time to review what's being banned and people can ban the book without
0: reading the book
1: without reading the book they can just make a list what? someone in i think it was florida but i don't want to say for certain because i read the article a long time ago everything oh, you, embarrassing
0: it was? is in florida okay other <laughs> places do, list- but for sure florida.
1: <laughs> they just listed every book she ever written and then submitted it one parent <laughs> And she's like, she definitely didn't read any of my books. And some of the things she quoted, why she was banning it, she's like, none of those things are in the book she's quoting. She clearly hasn't read my book. But now it's just being banned in Florida because they didn't have enough time to review all of the books she's ever written in two months to decide if, so it was just easier for them to say, okay, it's banned. What? Well, why
3: is there, there such a sense of urgency too, an... right? Like, Look, obviously, quickly. Yeah, a human invented the time frame. Right. It's like absolute time frame. It's <laughs> that crazy. It like, uh,
2: that sounds like a lot of work. Let's just say, ban them all. Yeah. Okay, I don't just, have time to read all of these. <laughs> I thought I was Are done you? with that when I finished high school English. Yeah.
0: I don't yeah. want yeah. to have to read all They've these. They've got 24 hours. Decide what they need. Yeah. No one said anything about reading on this banning <laughs> books committee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what they should do is the people presenting books to be banned, in this case, a parent, They should have to quote where the problem is, on what page. If the parents were forced to read the books they want banned and Mm -hmm. quote the reasons they want them
2: banned, there would be much less banned because the parents now would have to spend the time reading all these books. But wouldn't it be interesting if something else happened where it's like you have to read the book before you can ban it? Authors try to make books that sounded like they should be banned. So, all these parents buy the book and then they sell more copies and they read them like, oh, (laughs) it's their strategy. It's not as shocking as the title or reviews. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's fine. It's really just about, yeah. I'd
4: like to know who's on that panel too. So, let's just say a parent comes in with a suggestion for a book to get banned. So, who's on that panel and what's the makeup of that panel that decides yay or nay if a book? actually does get banned or not.
1: I know that at least from this article, librarians from the school board are on that panel, but in addition, also yeah. people from the school board, school board trustees, is that what they're called? Something like that. Yeah. Gotcha. I do know she said it used to be just librarians at the individual schools would decide. If the parent was upset, they'd read the book and say, no, no, I've already read that book. It's, you know, mm-hmm. but not anymore
3: don't you find though like especially in schools where there's a lot of politics Mm -hmm. a lot of it is just about not wanting to cause a big upset you know sometimes I just feel like maybe the banning of books is continuing on because it's easier not to be disrupting
1: no that's exactly why it's
3: happening Mm -hmm. you just go okay yep yep no problem we will take it off the Mm -hmm. shelves just because you don't want the extra attention or headaches or mm-hmm. what have you. The squeaky wheel. Yeah.
4: The squeaky I feel like that out. happens here too in our school systems as well. There are some very strict rules at recess that make zero sense. <laughs> we don't. But you know, it's probably from one parent, yes. you know, something random happens and then they do a full on ban of whatever that activity No more is.
2: digging holes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No more splashing <laughs> in puddles
4: or
1: whatever. Yeah.
3: No more snow, playing in snow, right? That's kind of what the giver is about. Yeah. Is that they just wanted to increase the likelihood of safety and protection for yeah, people. Right. So the elders yeah, and can sameness, come up right? with this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sameness. The sameness. How can we decrease the likelihood of having ripples or big waves in the water?
4: Yeah. I feel like a lot gets thrown back to oh it's all about safety and protection, you know. I feel like that's a bit of a cop out sometimes. It's really, well, it's a bit of a CYA cuz I don't want to get sued or I don't yes, want, you know, but it's always oh, for your protection. Okay, well. Yeah.
3: It's okay. So, so much of it is based yeah. on liability.
1: It's for their protection. That's yeah. right. brilliant. That's exactly what it is for their protection. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. even when I lived in China and mm-hmm. when I've moved here, I realized how bubble wrapped mm-hmm. we are in Canada. Mm-hmm. There's an example. When I was in China, I was cleaning our shower, the edges of the drain, I was trying to scrub it and it cut my finger. And in my mind, I would never have thought that metal, clearly metal in the drain would be sharp because it would never be sharp in Canada ever. <laughs>
3: No, I don't uh, even know what you're describing.
1: First. Right, but I was cleaning it and I cut myself because I was getting too close to inside the drain and the inside drain, why would they polish
4: no, it? Who'd you they, sue? Do you sue everyone
1: over <laughs> That's that? That's what I mean. I was like, oh, wow. Oh. And next time I was just more careful. You know, there's lots of rules in Canada that are not mm-hmm. rules in Senegal either or in China and everyone is perfectly fine, but it's it's always about safety. Mm-hmm. But then you don't allow people to- live. Yeah. Try things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more aware of taking care of myself and my own safety mm-hmm. and testing things out than always assuming something out there is protecting me. I so like love how you like raise children
0: to be competent, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you yeah. protect them from everything, then when they get older, they don't feel like they can handle things on their own. They have to be able to get into problems Mm -hmm. and get out of problems in order to establish any form of self-confidence in their ability to solve problems Mm
2: -hmm. I was uh having a discussion with a parent this past week and I was saying something about the first time I went on a bus without an adult I think it was with you two Kim and Sarah (laughs) and I was like I was nine because we moved to the new house when I was nine and we were visiting Kim in our old neighborhood and they were like hmm I don't know if my daughter could ride the bus by herself. I'm like, you know what? She probably could. I mean, a nine-year-old's a pretty kind of old kid that can do a lot of things. But even like a younger kid, you wouldn't send them just on the road. Like, oh, good luck. You would like teach them. But really, kids can do a lot. There's a certain feeling here being like, I don't know if my kid could do that. And the answer is usually your kid probably could if you just kind of show them how to do lots of things. Kids can do mm-hmm. lots of things. Absolutely. Our yes, right? whole
0: childhood was like, I would get up in the morning put on my bathing suit in case I'd be lucky enough to bump into someone who had a pool that wanted to let me swim in it Or and spring then play outside <laughs> the entire day. I don't recall lunches or anything like this, ride no. my bike down to the creek, be mm-hmm. at the bridge, whatever, go through the complex behind the house, like whole neighborhood, go over to that park and, park, and yeah. be over there and no adults, no nothing.
4: No cell phones,
0: right? No cell phones, it's just so different now. And, and it's also, you hear about people calling whatever authorities on people who do let their kids behave like that now. Yep. And I don't know if we're just this specific generation, oh, the kids of the eighties or whatever, you know, they were neglected. Like, I don't know if we were neglected or if everybody's- We to now. be
3: wild and free and figure things out and build mini kid communities, you yeah. know, Maybe reading. a little bit of neglect, but I <laughs> also a healthy dose a of just get out there.
1: I was reading, because Meredith suggested it, Hunt, Gather, Parent. And one of the things in it that I could relate to moving here from Canada is, so in that book, they're saying how kids can be more independent, especially if you have a community like neighbors and stuff, you can let them go out on their own. Because you're in a community and your neighbors are also watching out for your children. Mm -hmm. And she was giving people tips in America and Canada or Western societies on how they could help build this community to give their kids more independence. Because one of the things she learned from these different cultures, the kids are more independent. My son had come with us to building our house and he was with us, but he didn't bring his shoes and he wanted to go to the house we were renting to get his shoes because he wasn't allowed inside the house we were building with no shoes on. And his friend from across the street had come to play in the house. So he went walking to our house without informing anyone to get his shoes. And me, as a Canadian parent, freaked out. Like I was walking back, I was searching for him, I was screaming his name. And one of the neighbors were like, Yeah, there, he's over there. I was like, oh, okay. And I walked and I was screaming his name. And then another neighbor, as I kept on walking, they're like, yeah, yeah, he's over there. I was like, okay, great. As I went to the house calling his name, all these people were like, yeah, no, we got you. He's just there. He's fine. He came running out of our new house with his shoes. He's like, I didn't have my shoes. So I needed to get my shoes. So now I live in a community that helps make children more independent because everybody is watching out. So now my kids, I just get my kids to go to the store for me. I'll be like, here's some money. Can you pick up some onions or potatoes or whatever? And they go all on their own. But I would feel nervous when I lived in Toronto, ever sending my six-year-old out to go get something for me at the store. And maybe parents would call authorities. Somehow I'm a bad parent because I sent my kid out to the store just down the street because
2: it's all about We have to protect them, right? You want to be able to let your kids go to the neighborhood park, but is somebody going to call some authority on me? You know, they're like, why can't I just go? And I was like, so do you think we're
4: lacking that village here then in Canada or, you know, Western society? I know, I was just
2: thinking about our street, right?
0: Like from my house to the end of our street, we knew everyone who lived in every house and Mm -hmm. the other way towards the bridge and across the road. And like, we maybe didn't know everyone in the complex, but like, we knew enough people in our square block.
2: I was comfortable yeah. enough to knock yeah. on their door and ask to use the bathroom. So I or run away, I away from them home. if they were yeah. trying to
0: help you if you fell out of a tree. That's right. Because ah! <laughs> <laughs> we knew who they were. Right? Like, so.
2: <laughs> I know who you are I'm scared of you yeah, for no a particular
0: reason. <laughs> I think about my street right now, like there aren't even any kids on it. So even if Fred wanted to go out and call on someone, like hey, there's nobody yeah. to call on. Or them. they're, they're all, all, in all in the backyard. Citizens or- there's like <laughs>
2: somewhere you don't even know, does that house have kids or not? looks like it might have kids, but yeah. so the kids don't necessarily play out front. In mm-hmm, some yeah. places, you know, some neighbors so they don't. So I'm always like, let's bike around and choose and try to find some kids.
3: Check it out.
4: <laughs> I get strangely so excited when there's a knock at my door, and it's one of my kids' friends just actually yeah. like old school knocking on the door, just seeing if they can come out to play. I'm like, oh my god, yes, they can come play. <laughs> <It's so exciting laughs> right to oh my god, some like tiny sense of normalcy for a
2: yeah. child's
3: life. So, and this is this nice? Yeah. It? yeah, we had some neighborhood kids over yesterday. Yesterday was Alex's first communion. And like, she hates it, right? Like having to be dressed up and sociable. And so I'm like, don't worry, we're almost done. Let's go home. It'll be a nice, quiet afternoon. No, it wasn't. All the kids in our neighborhood know that ours is the house with the pool and it's a sunny day. So they're nice. coming by. You know, to see if the kids can play. Really, they just want to check to see if, like, the pool is. Are so we ready. to go swimming? But it is. 100%. That yeah. would have been Kim at your house. I already Under have her, my bathing yeah. suit on. Under her <laughs> communion dress. But I will take it any day, as much as it is mayhem and craziness. And you're like, wow, how about you eat all of my food, children? <laughs> yeah. I'll take it because it feels so normal and like the way things should be yeah you're just back door and front door unlocked and kids in the neighborhood know that you're a safe space to come and you Mm -hmm. just go and they go in and out in their backyard front yard down the street at the park yeah that's nice yeah i love it yeah i guess i'm moving to your
2: neighborhood all right let's do it (laughs) she's gonna show up with her bathing suit on yeah
3: you totally should
2: (laughs) you totally should because that's the thing kids can figure things out you know, sometimes I don't get a lot of credit, but
3: they, they figured out that we're the house with the pool. So they...
2: <laughs> and the snacks. Yeah, and the, the snacks, I definitely did this as a kid more than once where I'd have a bathing suit on. I'd show up at a friend's house the pool and would be like, hi, how's it going? And they're like, hi. I'm like, I have my bathing suit on.
4: <laughs> it's not even subtle. No one being subtle if it's your friend be like, listen,
2: guess what I'm wearing. Let's go. Right. They I'm jumping in. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. you can't as a kid don't you just want that swimming in the pool so Bad. badly <laughs> yeah, yeah totally or especially in a
0: summer in Ontario like mm-hmm. could it be any humider True. yeah the kids on your street are like I'm hot I know where to go I'm yeah. hungry yeah. I know where to go I also <laughs> where to go, <laughs> where
3: to go. <laughs> yeah.
0: that's two problems <laughs> they can solve like that <laughs> done <laughs>
4: I have a question too about the book sure
0: Nope. Oh, 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 how or no, she's been banned. They know what she was gonna say, she's out. They're Stop talking to book Virginia, just the got elders canceled.
2: are listening, they're after her. Oh my god, well, hopefully, Virginia come, comes back. She's been released. What her question is. She's been released. She's been released. No, no, no. Oh my god, wait, well, let's wait
0: for the announcement. Sorry. We don't ask questions between nine and 12. <laughs> needless to say she's been released
3: needless to say Everybody's her language like, wasn't specific enough is that oh, a detail man. in the book or is it just in the movie i what um, they said when the planes flew no, over they okay. were like uh, i was like they've uh, been released don't worry
2: accuracy and language is valued yes.
3: in this okay. society
2: yeah remember because he finally found the word which was mm. apprehensive because
1: he was excited but not yeah didn't know what to expect
3: and was apprehensive acceptable in their world
1: yes his parents liked that he used that word okay <laughs> yeah
3: oh virginia said that
1: her laptop just turned off but she, no. she'll come back i Bye. am shocked
3: and is. surprised she- Okay, well, we've been yeah, hanging on the back. edge of our seat. you like, I'm
2: going to say something, and then you disappear. <laughs> yeah. you know? like, I was telling you,
4: Shane, that, like I just said, I have a question about the book. Ultimate cliffhanger. <laughs> oh,
1: sorry. So what were you saying? So there's
5: no right. cliffhanger? Oh,
4: sure. <laughs> okay, so it was about the assignments, that ceremony at 12, how they got the assignments. And they were talking about how leading up to the assignments, that there was observers, you know, observing their everyday life to see what mm-hmm. a good job would be or good occupation would be for them so I guess that was my question is what do you think about that strategy to help almost like a guidance counselor right to fit you where is best suited for your skill set although they again they have no choice but even just parts of that concept where you're being slotted into the best job that suits your natural abilities I love the idea of it. It's interesting mm.
2: if they nail it, you know, your inner self might be different than your outward self. Although I think they try to control for that too, right? Where they're like, you have to talk about your genes, you have to talk about your feelings, you have to do certain things. I guess they would see which volunteer things you would enjoy. Some people were probably very happy, but you think every once in a while, somebody's not going to be. And also if you're 12, you change a lot between 12 and right? say, 25. So what you're passionate about today might not be what you're super passionate about in 10 years. Especially in today's world where people sometimes change their job several times or their career, Mm -hmm. like even area several times.
3: They're even showing the latest research when you look at Western societies that the average adults, even up to the, I think it was the average age of 44, nowadays are still fluctuating and weaving in and out of Mm reexamining their vocations and how their skill set and personality lend themselves to be like really strengthened by their vocational contacts or weakened by it. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I didn't figure this out when I was 16, 21,
2: but maybe the observer would have. Maybe. I changed my
1: job so many times and when I was doing the thing I was doing, I was really happy until I wasn't, and then I moved on. And I changed yeah. again. So I think that would be not a great solution for me because you would be released. I probably would be released, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and
0: also like, what if you're passionate about say painting or something, but like that society doesn't even deem that a job, but you're also right. like good at math. So now mm-hmm. you're the accountant,
2: mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So yeah, that <laughs> so makes very beautiful
1: spreadsheets. Right? <laughs> And you have an appeal. You can do an appeal It said They said people don't right. normally do it because it's so good, but well, because you get released. That's another thing. Another reason I would be released is because <laughs> yeah. I, I sometimes use the wrong word for something that sounds similar. So you know what I'm talking about, but I'm not using the correct language. I do that a lot. Like, no, no. And I would be released probably because for of that.
0: For sure. Definitely. Yeah.
1: I would never make it to 12. Or his Sorry. friends
2: like that, though. <laughs> Always using the wrong word.
0: Well, and his sister is also a little bit... I see him being, like, annoyed at her because she's out of the lines, too.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
0: true, with her ribbons
1: or something, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, that but outside. they're disciplined,
4: though. They get disciplined, right? For that. Like, his one true. friend. I forget his name. Asher? Yeah. Asher. Yep, like yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Asher. Yeah, but I would want to change jobs. So if I made it to 12 and a job... I would be constantly appealing and I'm sure they would just be like, let's just release her.
3: Yeah. It's just easier. <laughs> it's like like run Yeah. They'd give you We're a job where ag- you had to be silent. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Baby the old people.
0: I would be yeah. maybe yeah. the old maybe
3: people. Be old people. people. <laughs> You'd be
0: having the babies, not nurturing okay. them. That's like another
3: thing, the right? Like, yeah. Oh, I know. I don't need I haven't even processed that part of the yes. detail. And yeah. No value. Yeah.
2: That's a disgraceful job. And it's like, well, what? To, well, I mean, the mom said that maybe because she doesn't see value in it because it's not mm-hmm. her job. Yeah. Cause she's in justice or she something, probably right? thinks hers is very valuable.
4: Yeah. I got the sense that that was the general consensus, consensus. of mm-hmm. yeah of the job yeah. as the, I forget what the mother was, but yeah. that it wasn't the highly mother. valued. Yeah, Yeah. You
0: do it for three years or three babies or whatever, and then you have to go be a hard laborer. Like, yeah. That's not what you
3: want, is it?
2: <laughs> That's totally what I'd end up doing, probably. Some people like labor, though right? Oh yeah. Using their bodies. Like some people like to be. Some
3: people like that's a real skill set. We wouldn't have our world no, no. if we didn't have. Does that have... mean
0: that no man can do it then? Like is all the labor done by women? Because no, men no. Aren't you can babies. become a
2: laborer, but just the men don't do the babies. I mean, it's not like all the people who are doing the labor used to be moms. It's just saying the ones like we're moms. That's where
3: they, is the next they one up put out there there, to pasture.
2: Just two different forms of labor. You know, yeah. they're not going to go from like mom to like <laughs> uh, nurturer or mom to lawyer. Oh I mean, how God.
0: ridiculous too, right? Oh, oh my God. nurture, no, absolutely not. There's, that doesn't make any no, sense.
1: That, that is just <laughs> danger. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on
2: www.bookinterrupted.com. Are you interested in joining the conversation and having your comment played on the podcast? Simply find a quiet place and record a voice memo. Then send it to connect at bookinterrupted.com. Or you could do it the old-fashioned way and leave us a voicemail at 416-900-8603. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Book Interrupted.
0: Never forget, every child matters.